it's been a while since we uh, had an episode of Indie Scene. It's been so long that I've effectively lost my voice, but I'm regaining it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I appreciate everyone's patience tonight <laughs> uh, as we welcome once again Sajiwa Akanayaka and Raphael Sabarge, the uh, two incredibly talented filmmakers um, who have are collaborating on a special event coming up this week, this Wednesday, in fact, uh, three days from today as you're watching this, or if you're watching this in the future, um, probably sometime in the past, hopefully you got to come out and attend. Uh, that is Indie Discovery LA Chicago. What is that? It's the Chicago version of Indie Discovery LA, which was a, a kind of a, it's not a festival, but it's a film event uh, featuring, in this case, the Chicago uh, screenings, three films, Bristol Fashion, only in theaters and cosmic disco detective renee aka the secret society for slow romance part two which is coming up this wednesday starting at 5 p.m central at facets cinematheque in chicago um so tickets and all the information will be below but you should definitely come out because uh both gentlemen that i'm speaking with tonight are going to be there as well i i'm going to be hosting a q a post uh, the only in theaters screening uh, at seven o'clock. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how Indie Discovery LA came to be. Um, we're going to talk about these these three films that uh, that we're going to be showing um, on Wednesday night, and also what it takes to bring an event like this to the people. Uh, talking about independent film distribution, uh, hosting screenings all over the country, um, and kind of generating. Uh, awareness and of course revenue uh, for these independent film projects. So first of all, Sajiwa and Raphael, how you doing? Hello. Doing thanks for doing. Thanks for doing this, particularly as you're uh, finding your voice again. I I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. It's, everyone, uh, everyone, wear your scarves. Take your cough drops. It's winter. <laughs> wear your masks. Yeah, it's definitely that. That's definitely that season in Chicago. But I'm I'm getting better. I'm certainly sounding better than I did a couple hours ago. But um. Anyhow, uh, so in, let's talk about <clears throat> Indie Discovery LA, which was sort of the origin point for this. So, Joe, we had talked about this before. Well, well, I think the genesis of this going back as far as, you know, January, when you kind of conceive the idea of having this showcase in Los Angeles. Uh, talk about how that went and, you know, what inspired you to bring the, uh, the series to Chicago. Awesome. Nice to be back on the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing the show. Um, yeah. January, I saw at IFC Center in New York, Raphael's documentary, Only in Theaters, which alerted me to the existence of the Lamley Theaters, which I did not know about previously. So I uh, contacted them. They were, you know, they were friendly towards indie filmmakers. And uh, I contacted them about showing some movies then I also put some other filmmakers in touch with the Lamleys. So all together, multiple, you know, seven or eight, whatever, week-long runs of different movies. This one filmmaker from UK did three week runs at three different, three one-week runs at three different Lamley theaters all at once. Um, and I introduced him to the Lamleys. Altogether, over 100 shows were done, 100 in individual screenings. You know, so, uh, like 20 or so per week in some cases, uh, but using a number of movies, uh, including uh, Bristol Fashion, which we're showing in Chicago. My movie was launched in uh, together with Indie Discovery LA on VOD in August, and now is showing at uh, at Facets at Indie Discovery LA in Chicago. 
and also Raphael's documentary, second time in Chicago after screening at hundreds of places. So uh, yeah, so that's that's how this year went. Um, I was able to refer a bunch of movies to Lamley's, play a few movies there myself. Raphael was able to show his movie hundreds of times this year. And now everything's coming together uh, to Chicago where Ian will be there to uh, do the Q&A, Raphael's movie. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, so, yeah, uh, 2023 has gone by incredibly quickly. I don't know if, if you guys have experienced the same thing, but, I, you know, it seems like yesterday we we're talking about, hey, we got some shows coming up in L.A. in, in August, and then all of a sudden it's come and gone, and now we're at the end of the year talking about doing something in Chicago. Um, so what's what was the, I guess, the reception like to the, you know, showing these these films in a showcase in Los Angeles? How did that all go? Good. Uh, the first movie that we showed was Amir Madla's uh, Three Worlds, but he got he came down with COVID that week. Oh. Uh, but one of his actresses went, took photos. Uh, I forget her name at the moment because uh, because um sometimes not a great organizer for these things. But she has like uh, you know fifty thousand or hundred thousand followers on. Uh, on Instagram and a bunch of people heard about it. Uh, you know, so, you know, the feedback I've gotten uh, for, from the LA shows were good. I was gonna show my movie, but it wasn't done on time and I just ran out of time. So we moved it to Chicago. Um, then the Bristol Fashion Filmmakers went, they took some photos, they had a good time. A lot of uh, publicity was generated uh, from the shows, uh, blog posts, uh, social media posts, some press. So all in all, it's been a success. Uh, I wasn't there uh, personally to exactly, you know, to count how many people showed up. But some people showed up and the uh, shows happened and the movies are benefiting. And I can use this moment to uh, talk about the purpose of doing these screenings. So these screenings are useful for future fundraising, grants, donations, and to set up future movies and primarily to show the VOD customers that, and also VOD uh, you know, channels and distribution outlets, that the movies existed in the real world in some form before they became you know, VOD titles. Uh, just like direct-to-video, a movie does, seems to do better when it's existed in screenings in the real world before it becomes just a VOD title. So uh, all this stuff is uh, right now for indie, indie filmmakers and distributors tied to making the VOD look good. At, that that kind of makes sense because there's so much VOD content out there <clears throat> that it's hard to kind of even just focus on something unless you've got direct word of mouth or in case, I, I hate to use the word legitimacy, but I'll, I'll use it because the only thing that springs to mind. But to your point, oh, this was in theaters. This must be something... You know that people cared enough to put on the big screen somewhere. I'm going to check. You know, I missed my opportunity there, but I definitely want to check it out uh, on VOD. That that's a, it's an interesting way of looking at things. I don't know if there's like real psychology or numbers behind it, but it sounds like there there would be because that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, there's definitely it, numbers behind it. I think um, also uh, for the filmmakers, that's the best way to see their own movie. Uh, you know, yeah. I still haven't seen my movie on the big screen, and it's been done for months now. So in Chicago, it's the first time I'll get to see it because it's difficult to get your movie on uh, movie theater type screens uh, for most filmmakers. And even like 
I mean, even people like Scorsese are complaining uh, now because uh, it's so difficult. Well, I imagine because I we met uh, uh, like five years ago when you showed uh, Werewolf Ninja Philosopher. I remember you mentioning that the projection of it at Facets was pretty spectacular. So I imagine you're, you're going to be you know pretty blown away by the uh, presentation of Cosmic Disco Renee. I hope so. And uh, Raphael's movie looks really good also, really well done. So all the movies and also Bristol Fashion looks good. Did you get a chance to see Bristol Fashion? I watched it today, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Good cinematography, right? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the the budget was like on that, but it looked amazing. I'm predict I don't want to give anything away, but there's some scenes on a river uh, that, that kind of close out the movie that I was like, wow, this is, I could just, I could paint that water. It was just, it was so beautiful. Wow. Yeah, it was shot really well. And uh, New York photographed it really well, as you see in my movies. Um, but they did a bunch of things that you're not supposed to do, shoot uh, in water, you know, shoot on a boat, shoot with children. I think I think there are some kids nearby or something. Anyway, all the things they say not to do on low budget movies, they did, and somehow got away with it. Yeah, um, but okay. I want to kind of loop. I'm I'm trying to form this question as I'm talking through it, which is always a bad idea. But Sergio, you mentioned you weren't able to get out to the LA event that you had kind of dreamed up and put on. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of. Raphael from your film with uh, Greg and Tish Lemley towards the end of it. And again, I don't want to, for people who haven't seen it yet, I don't want to give too much away, but only in theaters is about the, the, the Lemley theaters, Greg and Tish Lemley, who kind of are running this family business that runs back to the, the full history of cinema. Um, at, at one point they end up kind of remotely managing a theater from, you know, several States uh, away and it just reminds me that, that that's got to be a kind of a big challenge. So what was your experience with that, uh, Sajiwa, as far as trying to put on an event that you're not there to be able to personally oversee? I think uh, all of us got a lot of training uh, doing things remotely because of the pandemic, unfortunately, and because of texting, social media, phone, you know, voice chat, you know, Zoom, 50 different ways of uh, keeping in touch uh, with people, I was able to, you know, keep up with what was happening to us, you know, to a certain degree. But I would have taken a lot more photos and it's just a different thing when you're physically at the place. Um, yeah. What I've seen is that a lot of filmmakers, when the event is happening, I think they're too busy with the event. Um, you need someone else to take a bunch of photos, document what's happening so that you can use that for promotional purposes later on. So uh, other than not have, getting enough photos of the event, uh, I, I was happy that we were able to uh, pull it off. And always some crazy things uh, go wrong when you're trying to do an event. Some people can't show up. Sometimes films don't show up. And this is not just me. Uh, Ted Hope was saying how for a Sundance uh, premiere, he was flying the print in, film print, was still wet from the, uh, from the lab. And it was like a couple hours to go. This is for one of his movies, Sundance, like 10, 10, 20 years ago. He had to fly from New York to uh, Park City to show it at the last minute. So these kind of things always happen when you're trying to do a film event. Well, Raphael, bring it to you officially now. Um, speaking of film events and, and doing things in person, talk to me about the experience of showing only in theaters to, uh, I think you've done this like 100 times or more what's that 
journey been like and how has that kind of changed your perception of your own film if if at all right well i you know um the film is called only in theaters right and so the joke that my my joke has been that i didn't make a movie called only in theaters to be only on streaming so <laughs> I, we we really have a, we committed to kind of making a um a run at at showing in theaters as many theaters as we can because it is a reminder it's a call, it's a love letter it's a call back to action as to why it's worth going to movie theaters why it's important yes we all appreciate our ability to sit on our couch and and bring things to us but but the actual physical real estate that is dedicated to you know having this movie experience and again accent on experience is what we wanted to kind of speak to. So I, you know, um, we've done event programming around the country. We've had runs um, sometimes for four and five week runs in various cities, but but we have um, really done a lot of, uh, you know, uh, one nights or three nights um, uh, or, or or over a week, you know, a smattering of nights that that bring people in and um, it, it appears to be kind of, um, you know, where indie film is going. I mean, we, we know that big films, um, the Spider-Mans, the, you know, the Barbenheimers, obviously have reminded people not to do day and date releases. Um, that's been that's been left behind, which is great. Um, we know um, that some of the biggest movies of all times have, you know, happened in the last few years since COVID. So we know that there's a hungry appetite for going to movies. Um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, is it the end of movie theaters kind of, you know, kind of question that went on. Um, so we know that's not the case. However, it is, uh, and I hear this from many places, it is harder um, to get people to come out to see smaller movies. And and so um, and that's big, smaller movies. I mean, even, you know, films like The Holovers or, you know, um, uh, Made of December, which is a wonderful movie, which I just saw. Both of those movies are wonderful. You know, it's harder to get people to come out to see what was considered indie fair and and or smaller thinking persons movies. And, and so um, from those of us who don't have studios behind us or large, you know, budgets or huge kind of uh advertising um uh engines um this uh, you know approach of doing kind of uh really event uh, event screenings and then i'm there or the subject of the of my doc greg lemley is there and and we've been able to um essentially create some momentum uh, and awareness and a squeaky toy for my dog <laughs> um, and, um, and, and basically a, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, um, ways in which people can find it and connect with it. You know, when Sujiba came to me about this idea of, Hey, let's create a festival. Let's do something that really sort of uses, you know, not one, but three different movie, wonderful movies that have obviously different, um, uh, their different tastes, different sensibilities, um, but unique, uh, approaches to telling stories, um, and let's put them together and create um, sort of an umbrella of cool indie fare that, again, um, would potentially bring people out is an opportunity for all of us to talk about it, for us to kind of say like, hey, did you know about this film? Or, you know, Suja's film is on is on VOD, you know, we're on Amazon. 
However, this is a movie where, you know, the filmmakers get to be there, um, where, again, you get the event of it and, and you get to see it as it was intended, which is on a big screen. Have you, now that, that personal aspect is something that, you know, speaking for me personally, if I know that there's going to be an event screening and it's an event screening because there might be a filmmaker there or, you know, some of the cast or whatever, definitely is more of a motivating factor to go out and put a butt in the seats. Have you done any kind of like A-B testing of, okay, this, we're going to be showing only in theaters here, but no one's going to be there in mm -hmm. conjunction with the film versus they're going to be at, at another screening like maybe uh, the next week in the same city or something, or are you and the Lemleys like showing up to each of these, you know, either both of you or, you know, singularly? And, is, and how does that, show, how does that change? We haven't been able to show up to everyone. We've done some Zoom kind of events. We've done some Zoom um, kind of PR around some of them. Um, um, they're, they're, I mean, there have been too many. And and too many places, um, which is which is wonderful. I, I you know on the one hand, um, I believe that us showing up always helps. I think it always. I think it also it allows us at least because of the nature of what our specific movie is about. It allows us to kind of turn the conversation back to the local theater. Are you supporting the theater? Is there an opportunity to kind of come out and do something that really promotes? Um, there's my dog who's jumping on me. Um, uh, who um, little puppy dog? Um, who um, you know? Is there an opportunity to be able to kind of do this? You know, you know. This is a this is a movie about a local theater in Los Angeles. You may not know this theater. You may not have even been to Los Angeles. You you may hate Los Angeles. <laughs> However, at the end of the day, it's relevant um, to because we've discovered that the, the the pressures and the complexities and the questions of this family business, um, albeit a, a movie theater, um, speaks to a lot of uh, what's happened in many other cities, and, and that's what we've sort of capitalized on is kind of this opportunity to kind of have a conversation, show up, and then talk about. What's going on locally? How does your local theater sort of relate to what's what you're seeing here? And 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 of course, then also the question which has to come up is what can we do? Because movie theaters are not just important, obviously, for the for the proprietors of the theater. They're so important for us as filmmakers. Um, they are how we bubble to the top. They are how we break through the noise. And without that, we're just another kind of streaming, you know, link. Um, it, it, it's it's really hard. It, it's hard to get reviews. It's hard to get press. It's hard, really hard to kind of get noticed. And so doing an event, as you said, Ian, you know, hey, it's in a movie theater. It must be good. Um, that's that's uh, that helps us enormously and, and really helps bring people to the movies. Ian, you about what you about your question uh, for distribution, always better when it's a special event, in my experience, from what I've seen, I've gone to regular screenings by major indie filmmakers happening at big theaters where there's like five people versus a special event where the filmmaker of an unknown film is there and they've contacted their local friends and a bunch of people have shown up. It's like a hundred people there, becomes an event, becomes something people can write about, take photos of, take videos of. It's a big deal. Uh, even if only five people show up, one of those people might end up becoming a donor for your projects in the future, you know, putting in thousands of dollars, or one of those people could be like a film critic. And uh, I've had 
both of those things happened where, uh, you know, I think uh, I discovered, I think you and I connected Ian because uh, Facets showed my movie in Chicago and we didn't know about each other prior to that. Right. <clears throat> that is where we, where we met and the whole uh, indie scene uh, kind of phenomenon took off. Yeah, since um, uh, 20, I think that was in 2019, so several years ago. So yeah. you, by doing live events and going to them, you can make connections and you can get to meet, and you get to meet the people who run the theater, other people, the filmmakers. So yeah, it's always, if you can do it as a filmmaker, if you can go to your event, always much, much better. Well, I think it's the, the one of the reasons I asked the question is, you know, we're talking about uh, independent filmmakers, of course, and distribution and kind of the evolving landscape. It seems to me that, uh, you know, indie filmmakers come in all, you know, stripes. There's some like micro budget to, you know, hey, maybe my family has some money. I got a couple million bucks to make a small feature. But, you know, part of the, I guess, promotion, the marketing, just going into the budgeting of the film itself maybe has to be promotion, like traveler planning to go out and put your film in front of people instead of just saying, hey, I can send you a link so you can project it in your, you know, art house or whatever, but just to really stand behind the work in a way that because the marketplace is so crowded, I imagine, you might need to to have that kind of tall read syndrome to stand above the rest and say, hey, come come check out my movie in the theater with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, special events definitely help with overall distribution and developing your career as a filmmaker. And uh, yeah, Raphael must have, you must have made some amazing connections this year just by showing your movie the way that you've done it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many people who've seen it. I mean, and and there's so many people who, um, you know, you know, reach out to me on social media. Hey, I saw it. Or hey, you, you know, Greg's at the screening and I wasn't there, but I saw the movie. Um, you know, again, you know, movies are are defined by their audience right it is it is that it is the last sort of uh leg of the stool right i mean it it really um these are made not to be kept in secret um it's all about kind of like them finding you know taking flight and and so um these screenings these opportunities to you know connect and talk to other filmmakers and hear what's going on and 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 look the you know the wonderful magic of this um me just sitting here uh ian with you is is that uh Sujua came to a screening at ifc that i did um of this with greg lemley and because of that um we're doing this you know, this event in chicago today so Sujua very kindly says that i inspired him he's done all the work and made it happen so i you know honestly i i uh I'm I'm grateful for his his passion and his his sense of kind of you know where the wind is blowing and how to make this happen um, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it but but you know this is a perfect example of of uh, how you know uh, a spark can happen uh, by two people being in the same space and just uh, because I've been uh, tweeting about this event just last week alone last seven days I've gotten like fifty thousand impressions on Twitter on the post that I've done about the movies. So, you know, a few thousand people heard about most likely the movies they otherwise would not have heard about it. And, you know, they might connect with the titles down the road when they see it on Amazon, you know, or whatever platform. They'll be like, oh, I saw that. I saw some information about that on Twitter. Let me see what this is all about. Um, 
One thing I want to ask about is the the venues. Have these been <clears throat> primarily uh, now? I know Sajio, you were uh, the Indie Discovery LA was the the Lemley Theaters. Raphael, you've been to um, you know hundreds of screenings at this point. Are they mostly kind of, for lack of a better term, mom and pop like independent theaters, or are you showing any of these at like AMC's or Landmarks or any of the the big chains? Or are you really focusing on the independent art houses? It's really been more the independent art houses. I mean, I, I was talking to Greg Lemley the other day, and he was saying that uh, the AMC's, some of the larger chains are now showing some of these independent films. And part of that is because there's so little product, right? Because yeah. there's been there's been sort of, uh, they've been affected by just the ability to have new stuff. Um, uh, you know, and now with the strike, it's going to have another, there's going to be another kind of a, a backlog of, of empty screens. Um, so that's, um, it's good for some filmmakers, um, uh, may not be great for the indie, the indie theaters, uh, because it, you know, they're now competing with the big boys, um, and the, and the giant movie theaters with giant marketing budgets. But, um, I have not played at those larger theaters. We have played primarily at the smaller places or, you know, film festivals or, you know, um, uh, you know, in some cases, film societies or, you know, uh, I mean, any, you know, I'm, I'm flying to Edmonton next week uh, and I do something with, you know, a, 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 a college uh, there that's really deve devoted to film studies. Um, and Greg and I and, and a wonderful film scholar are going, um, you, you know, we're going to be in New York um, uh, on this on December 2nd. Um, I've got more showings in L.A., um, on December seventh through eleventh, um, and 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 on. Um, so so the, they uh, the wonderful thing is that the film seems to inspire a conversation, um, and that again it it ties to the moment in a way, um, uh, and we captured a moment because of when we started and what we kind of got into and the kind of the rabbit hole that we fell down over the two years that we were filming. Um, that that seems to sort of have been able to. Um, you know, we, we, we really is sort of lightning in a bottle as relates to kind of really the larger conversations that are going on about what's happening with film and, and independent film. The Lumley Theatres, you know, is is known as kind of the uh, it's a cultural institution in Los Angeles because they've they've basically helped create entire careers. Um, they have the French Legion of Honor because of what they did just for the French New Wave, um, and that's the highest honor that the you know that that France will give to someone uh, for you know their elevation of an art form. Um, that that's what this theater has done and committed themselves to. Now, Facets obviously has done that as well, um, and, and and there there are other theaters. Um, that, that around the country, again, that are similarly sort of uh, disposed. The fact is, though, that many theaters have closed. Many theaters are, are, are struggling. Um, uh, this independent audience, <clears throat> I think, is, you know, been distracted, uh, not just by streaming, but by TikTok. Um, and, and, and also, perhaps, you know, these independent films are uh, appeal sometimes to an older audience. Um, and, and that audience has been the slower audience to, to return after COVID, et cetera. So there's been a lot of different factors, I think, that have played into this. But, but you know, we as filmmakers um, and, and now as sort of, you know, distributing our movies are looking for ways to kind of try and reach people. And, 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 and that's why uh, Suju's idea of really doing this, which is, you know, really create an event. 
and create a create a create a, a like a little mini film festival and and bring people in and then yell about it as loud as you can tell as many people as you can as you possibly can reach um and and that's why again i'm so so grateful for you talking to us about this but it's this is you know independent filmmakers are the lifeblood of you know of the next generation of, of films that get made um and so we um uh we depend on the theaters. We depend on the reviewers so that we can actually get those opportunities and the next opportunity to keep doing what we love. And uh, for movies like this uh, in uh, indie theaters are much, much better than, you know, art house, you know, than giant regular movie theaters. It's uh, the disconnect is going to be vast. Someone walking into, you know, one of the giant movie theaters to see one of these things versus, you know, Music Box, Facets, Lamleys, you know, there's a built-in audience, there's a bunch of people who keep track of what's showing there for whatever reason, you know, all and all around, uh, what Raphael has done with uh, small art houses is the way to go for indie movies, for real indie movies like ours. Sure, I mean, <clears throat> the reason I, I kind of asked was just the kind of the, the idea of exposure. I mean, that these chains have a national kind of apparatus to get movies in front of people as you were mentioning you know because of the lack of content uh, given the last you know this tumultuous year they have kind of opened up their some you know they might devote a screen or two to, to something you know smaller just wondering if that conversation had been had if there was any opportunity to to reach out or if they're like no, we're not going to show this. Um, it's it's weird because like, you know, I do another series where I talk about uh, Indian cinema and I've been able to go to my local like AMC to watch, you know, th they carry like Indian films randomly. I mean, for like a couple of weeks, uh, stuff that, you know, I can't find at some of the local like art house theaters here. So it's this really weird dynamic. But then I almost wonder if not conflict of interest, but if it kind of goes against the purpose of like, why show a film about... <laughs> an independent kind of like uh david versus you know in the in the arena of goliath uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that kind of a well I'm what, not exactly articulating what i'm getting at but maybe you understand me <laughs> yeah well uh, let me jump in for a minute one thing that a lot of people don't realize that all levels of distribution uh, whether it's art or commercial the money factor is a major factor right so if, if you're going to put a movie into a regular movie theater, the cost goes up way, the advertising cost, just to justify it, someone will end up having to pay for it. And if it's an indie film going towards a wider release, that cost ultimately gets billed to the filmmakers uh, in the form of the money you owe the distribution company for this you know, wide release we did and we lost a bunch of money on that. And, you know, then you'll never see that money. You won't see that movie for 20 years, blah, blah, blah. So the, 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 the trade-off for indie filmmakers, yes, you might get a little bit higher exposure, but, uh, you know, you may lose co control of your film. And, uh, and this has happened to many famous indie filmmakers where they sell their movie at Sundance. It gets bought. It gets sold and resold. Companies shut down. They have to do a huge legal battle to try to get the movies back, if if at all possible. Some major filmmakers still can get a hold of their first or second, third filmmaker, first or second, third film, because they went the other route. Uh, you know that creates a lot of problems. So 
unless you have a bunch of money, uh, doing wide distribution through uh, a well-known uh, movie theater chain can become a problem. That's why indie filmmakers prefer smaller art houses. It sounds almost like the stories of, you know, a rock band gets signed and they get this huge, like, oh, it's a $5 million advance. Right. But then they you don't make any money on their first album because you have to pay back, you know, for the tours and all the hotels and all that stuff. So the, the, the record label gets its cut and then maybe they'll, if they get a second album and it's successful, they might see some, some return. Uh, um, Raphael, have you had any conversations with other distrib distributors about uh, this kind of a situation? About uh, getting the movie out wider in exchange for this and that? Get, getting the movie out wider for, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if well, I understand. Like, uh, something like selling, you know, you selling the movie to another distribu distributor and not having, not, not having anything else to do with it after that. Yeah, th there was a, there was an opportunity that came along at the very beginning that um, was, we love the movie. We want to take it over. We want to do a theatrical run. Um, and, you know, the numbers uh, just be, get very complicated very quickly. And, and what happens is not only are you essentially handing away your movie um, and giving it, you know, basically the blood, sweat and tears of your effort and, and, um, and everything, putting it, you know, giving someone the steering wheel and saying, well, you know best, not only that, um, but you're also essentially giving them the opportunity to kind of figure out how to monetize it, which, which I understand, but, but th there are so many, um, um, th there's so many fees that get worked into um, how, you know, um, how they structure it so that um, I was told by the end of it, if I accepted the deal, I would never see absolutely, I would see nothing. Um, and so the film might get out, um, but but it was they are inherently structured to make it impossible for the filmmaker to make any money. Now, I'm you know I I uh, I'm in the process of still recouping my money and then also paying back my investors, which is very important to me. Um, so um, I'm not you know I'm not fully whole yet. I'm still kind of in that process, but um, I don't have a lot of other additional costs. Um, that I have to sort of add on to this process. And, and I'm sort of grateful for that. Is it a lot of work? Yes. Has it been hard at times? Incredibly so. Does it require enormous stamina? Um, and, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, what Sujuba does on, on, on Twitter alone is, a, is an example of an astounding commitment and, and a sort of, uh, you know, profound sense of stamina that is required to kind of keep it going. Um, but but that is of course also kind of the hallmark of being an independent filmmaker as well. It's like no, I want to do this. I want to make this. I've got a passion for it, and I want to see it through. The distribution is a giant part of this process. Giant. It's you know you have to be able to make a wonderful movie and and finish it and have it be work on so many levels um, and work within a time frame and 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 really incorporate all these other artists who can work with you. But then you got to figure out a way to get people to know about it and and. Uh, it's a, it's not a small part of this. It, it really, it, it can be everything. Um, if you, you know, doesn't, you know, we know how many great movies are there that people haven't seen. So um, it, this is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
it's so uh, it's 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 huge. It's a third of the movie, I would say, is the distribution process, mm-hmm. um, and and um, you know, and that's everything. That's the fundraising. That's the actual prep. That's the script. That's the filming. That's the edit. That's you know, post you know, and everything. Color correction, sound, music, and then you have a third more of the movie, which is essentially sort of getting it out. And and so it, it it's not a small thing. I mean, it, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, you go through all of that. You, of course, want to maintain the the control over it, not only just financially, but you know, why give someone else the opportunity to essentially own it and and never, you know, help you recover uh, financially from it? I mean, given what you had just said, I don't understand why anyone would take that you know a lousy distribution deal, except for maybe the idea of exposure. But but what does that even mean in the long well, run? Well, distribution, self distribution. What me and uh, uh... Raphael are doing is a tremendous amount of work and it's, yeah. and it's not for everyone. So I can understand the filmmakers who don't want to do anything like that and just want to sell it. But those movies disappear because, uh, you know, no one really cares for your movie unless the distribution company that bought the movie is making a ton of money. Then they're going to put a lot of money into it and work into it. They'll create a separate division just to make as much money as possible from that movie. But for most movies, 99% of the movies, they buy it, they try to sell it at a profit, it maybe happens or doesn't, it gets bundled with 100 other movies, they try to sell it as a library, blah, blah, blah. So basically your movie disappears. There's been a couple of their other movies that I've discovered that kind of are somewhat similar to what Raphael's movie does, focus on, um, you know, an entity that's important for indie or indie or art house movies, but those movies don't have uh, 10% of the press coverage um, and sort of the awareness that Raphael's movie has because Raphael has, you know, spent a year or two promoting it himself and, you know, just going after it all opportunities. So that's the difference. So you may get a little bit of money or not, uh, but it'll be off your hands and you can go do something else versus you can keep your movie uh, you know, alive and that will lead you to new connections and you can make some money back, et cetera, et cetera, at the cost of having to do a lot of work. Those are the options. With all this <clears throat> going on, how does it, how do you have room, and this is for both of you, to continuing pursuing creative endeavors? Like, do you have your next film mapped out? Are you working on it? Is there room to develop that idea while you're busy trying to promote and, and do this all this other stuff in service of something that you completed, you know, two years ago? Well, Raphael's a famous movie star, so so he's set. You know, I, last year was uh, was a little intense uh, because I was uh, distributing the movie. Um, I was uh, in The Exorcist, which was shooting in Atlanta, and then I was um, also. Uh, I shot and then edited and then delivered with a so I shot it with an air date, a four part docu series to PBS. Um, so I was doing all of that and and I and honestly it was it was um, and then I was also producing content for another company. So uh, it was um, it was too much and I and honestly I I kind of got I got uh, 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 really kind of burnt out honestly uh, at some point it just was like. Uh, so I, you know, the strike happened um, uh, for me as an actor. Um, I made some sort of 
personal commitments. I got married. I got, you know, decided to sort of slow down a little bit and try and uh, smell the roses. I, I do have several other projects that are brewing, um, which are which are great. Um, but I, um, I, you know, the thing about overwork is at some point there is a there is a, you know, to every action there is a uh, <laughs> equal enough reaction. So I I had to take some downtime, and I and I you know the strike for me had some upsides, which was just to try and you know re recoup, sort of just sort of uh, uh, take stock of myself again and try and uh, slow down. But that said, um, uh, I you know there is a sort of a, a, a slow burn on this at this point. Where we're continuing to kind of find opportunities, and and again, I you know I it, you know I guess I would go so far as to say maybe there's not a wrong way. If you make a movie and you have a network, you hand it to the network and they do the work. If you if you have a studio and you've made the movie for the studio and they're invested in all of this, you you again have that muscle to be able to kind of get get it up and out. Um, uh, you 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 know lose some control. You lose some creative control in the advertising and in terms of the marketing, in terms of the trailers, in terms of everything else. But you you get you get it you get it up and out. Um, that's a wonderful thing. Um, but you have to kind of live with kind of how they decide. You know when it gets released, how it gets released, what the messaging is, what they're focusing on, etc. This is this is another this is another it's another lane, and this lane is really you know, again, born of independent films, um, uh, where you get to kind of, you know, uh, craft your way forward. And and a lot of times it feels like, you know, you're feeling around in the dark for your keys, you know, I mean, you don't really, you know, you know, you're in, you know, the keys are in there, you got to find them. Um, but, but I, I am, I am, um, for me, anyway, this particular film, because of what it's about and what it means and and what it's inspired and the conversations that it's kind of really uh, opened up, um, I've been so um, uh, grateful to have an opportunity to be able to kind of really go kind of hand to hand combat and and really continue to kind of really make these opportunities possible. Because I I I there's a cause that sort of bubbled up out of the making of this movie that really speaks to something that I think is important and is of the moment. And so I, I've, I've taken great um, joy and pride in being able to kind of really kind of carry that. And, 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 um, but it's a lot of work. It's clearly not for everyone. Well, <clears throat> well let me add one thing that uh, even though it's a tremendous amount of work to be an artist slash indie filmmaker is a great privilege. Only a tiny fraction of humanity ever gets to make movies, then we are a part of that. So uh, yeah, it's a tremendous amount of work, but uh, you know, my whole life is built around making and releasing indie movies. So everything I do, going to Chicago, that's probably gonna be a movie in the future, you know? Indie <laughs> filmmaker goes to show a movie in Chicago, runs into a space alien or something like that. So, uh, you know, meeting people, fundraising, it's all one thing, day jobs, that fun film work. So I find it uh, both a uh, great privilege and exciting. I mean, you got to do something, right? Uh, you, you know, if not this, then I'll be working at some office job and complaining about things. So, <laughs> so being a filmmaker, traveling to Chicago, meeting film critics, meeting other filmmakers, you know, having to do all the crazy things that are required is a part of the job. So I dig it. Uh, but it is a lot of work. And anyone who's going to get into it, uh, they should study up on it and know that it is a tremendous amount of work. 
Right. I mean, the it seems the the artistic, the creative process of it, <clears throat> the actual making of the movie, is a, I think as as maybe you put it, Raphael, it's like a third essentially of this this overall, you know, three thirds process. Um, actually, because Sajua, you mentioned you know this this could be a movie in itself. Sure. Raphael, in what you've been doing as far as traveling with uh, only in theaters, having these conversations, uh, in the aftermath of the landscape that's sort of set up at the end of only in theaters coming out of covid i mean as we mentioned in our discussion a few months ago this isn't specifically a covid movie but covid was a part of the film and it's also on the backs of the what the movie was initially about which is sort of like streaming and the the changing landscape of audiences and and independent theater attendance and and overall theater attendance kind of going down for various reasons you're out there, you know, meeting people, hustling, kind of surveying the landscape as it is now. Are you taking note of this? Are you maybe filming stuff for a, a follow-up or are these ideas kind of just taking in your head? Or are you feeling, well, once this chapter is over, whatever that means for you, I'm going to move on to a beekeeping documentary or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not doing a follow-up. I'm not planning a follow-up movie. It's been an interesting process. I mean, and, and several people have sort of asked about, you know, do you do the kind of the, you know, where are they now kind of um, version of this. Um, I, I just had um, one of the theaters that I'm uh, doing a screening of in New York, the new plaza, the fellow there uh, specifically asked for me to do a, a, you know, an interview with Greg about where is he now? Where is the theater now? What what's you know and what's his sense of where things are? The great news for Greg is that and and the Lumley theaters is that they're in the black again, um, and that they've been able to kind of you know find um, uh, find their balance. There's some still some things that are you know outstanding and, and a lot of challenges and a lot of um, uh, you know it's the famous there's known knowns and known unknowns and then unknown unknowns you know so there's there's things out there that that they're that they're still navigating, but, but, but they have found their way back. Um, you know, his contention is that the whole, you know, it's streaming over film, you know, going to theaters. He, he thinks that's clickbait. He said that that's just, it's not, it's not even relevant. Um, you know, we've seen these crazy numbers um, and, and people like going to movie theaters, you know, they, it's not, um, it has not replaced streaming now has it affected it yes um but 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 again his opinion is that it, it's a sort of a it's a combination of things um and and part of it also is just sort of getting people you know people falling out of the habit but but there's also this issue of you know a lot of films deciding to go you know go the screaming route um you know the smaller films on the other hand the great news is that you know apple and 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 even Netflix have committed to doing theatrical runs, um, and the day and date thing, which killed so many movies, um, you know, when they experimented with that, uh, literally left money on the floor. As as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, uh, they've everyone's abandoned that. Like that was a terrible idea. We're not going to do that. You know, there is this thing that happened with, you know, with Freddie that was an anomaly, but I think it's sort of the exception that proves the rule because it obviously was day and date and also then broke records. But but I but I, I think, um, you know, the, the feeling is that 
movie theaters are here to stay, um, that they're not going anywhere. But but there is some some adaptation that has to happen. And, and what that exactly is, I think we're still trying to figure that out. Well, one thing, <clears throat> one thing we haven't really talked about, we've talked about theatrical, we've talked about streaming, but we haven't really touched on that kind of missing link of physical media. Yes, it still exists. And in fact, only in theaters, what do I have here? I have a DVD from Kino Lorber That's of good. only in theaters, which- Send me one of those, Raphael, sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the, uh, this one of the great things about physical media that you don't get with streaming or theatrical is the extra feature. I'm happy to see that there's some bonus content on this disc. There's and this is gonna, I'm going to ask you about this in the Q&A. So this is even more uh, reason for people to show up on uh, Wednesday uh, for, for the Only in Theaters uh, screening and Q&A. There's an alternate opening sequence that you shot uh, for this film that, you know, you went a different direction. And I'm very curious to, to kind of get some some insight into that. But in addition to that, there's an audio commentary. There's uh, extended interviews with some of the uh, subjects in the film. So. You know, what is your thought on that kind of, as I say, like kind of the missing link aspect of the the film watching experience of physical media? Is that on its way out as well? Is is there a world in which some of these extra features might be included as bonus content on a streaming rental or purchase? I don't know why that hasn't really taken hold, but it seems like a natural yeah, progression. That that that's a great idea, actually. Um, that that's a that's a Kino Lover idea. Um, you know, the physical media thing is really interesting right now because it you know we are seeing um, uh, large studios like Warner Brothers and and others delete entire movies to take essentially tax breaks, and and, and or you know, um, and 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 no one these these movies are poof gone forever there's no there is no physical record of them yeah, um, that's, that's another downside of selling your movie they might delete it i guess that's that that is yeah. true um you um having a disc like having dvds i remember all that like you know the dvd i still have my dvds people were like don't you know don't get rid of your dvds you know um there is something wonderful about having the physical media. Uh, obviously, I see by the shelf behind you. I'm preaching to the choir, but but I, but I, um, I, I am I'm absolutely. Um, I I believe that there's something you know not just tactile but wonderful, and 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 it it gives us an opportunity for more depth. I mean, all the stuff that 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 we were able to put on that disc. Um, it it's super cool and, and um, stuff. You know, it's so hard when you're cutting a movie and there's wonderful, wonderful things, wonderful people we spoke to and we couldn't include them, uh, something, you know, the depth of what they said. And, and, it, and, it, and it gives us an opportunity to do that. So, I, you know, I, I love the Kino Lorber. You know, they, they love this movie. They've said how much important it is to them, how, you know, it speaks to what they believe in movies, um, why, they, why they do what they do. And, and they were able to get, you know, wonderful kind of press and coverage and, and, um, and reached out to a lot of people. And I, and my hope is that people will, um, will find it, by the way, let me announce this here. Probably this is late to the party, but I'm going to bring two, two DVDs to Chicago and we will have a kind of a, for people that come, um, we'll, we'll, we'll give them, uh, we'll give them away, uh, awesome. to two lucky people who are there. Um, so, 
I should probably, we should probably promote that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll bring two, <laughs> I'll bring two DVDs courtesy of Kino, Kino Lorber um, and sign them for, for a couple of people who, uh, were there, um, I, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that the disc, ex disc exists, and, and I, and I think it's just wonderful that Kino knows, uh, knows that, uh, you know, that marketplace, and knows that there are people who still really want to keep them in their libraries. Yeah, eventually I'll do a Blu-ray and DVD for Renee movie, and possibly a lot of the earlier movies. And one thing I wanted to add quickly was that uh, there is a path in the future where. Art houses and indie filmmakers collaborate to put on these events as a regular thing, similar to what indie rock bands and and rock clubs have done for decades now, uh, without the distributors and uh, without going through a festival. It's possible. It's, uh, it could be a good thing that works out for everyone. Well, I think the the cool thing about um, facets in particular, uh, the music box also does this, but the facets to a to a much greater degree. Is they have you know you can buy independent films you know in the theaters on on physical media, um, you know from their from those distributors. Music Box has its own kind of division and and uh, you know facets has you know deals with other distributors I guess, but yeah, being able to have like a marketplace in addition to the place where you go to see the movie, so you can discover you know uh, you know other titles that you might fall in love with or, or pick up. A physical copy of something that you caught, you know, at the screening. Like, how do I get a hold of this? Well, it's it's right here. Uh, I think that's that's very important um, because, yeah, the other thing is, yeah, some of these films that don't get proper distribution, if they can get, you know, a, well, I guess digital distribution, if they can get a physical copy out there, that's that's all the better because people can take it home. They can share it with their friends. They can, you know, have you know a party at their house and show this, you know, cool indie film and have everybody talk about it and kind of spread things uh, organically. Because, yeah, the movies, uh, our movies dead discussion, you know, we were having that at the beginning of the pandemic and the conversation kind of ebbed and flowed. And 2023 proved that there is always going to be a demand for the in-theater in experience. We had Barbenheimer. We had the, the huge Taylor Swift uh, concert <laughs> movie experience where people were literally dancing in the aisles, which is one of the reasons I avoided going to the, <laughs> see that film. Um, but, yeah, it's just a matter of, I guess kind of creating that groundswell for the independent scene. I think that would be amazing if uh, if this kind of thing caught on. And maybe with 2024, as, as we've mentioned here before, with the strikes and everything, there's going to be some possibly some dead patches, uh, some opportunity for smaller films to, to catch that zeitgeist and get people saying, yeah, I'm going to go kind of see something in a movie theater you know, the AMC is there's there's moths flying through it, but my local art house has something really cool in there. Uh, so I'm going to swing by and check it out and bring my friends. That's that's my hope anyway. And my hope also is that everybody watching this or listening to it comes out to facets on Wednesday night and, and meets all of us. And, and you find people and, and sees uh, a trio of really, as was mentioned here before, uh, really diverse, really, you know, different uh, films in all different styles. I mean, Bristol Fashion is as different from Only in Theaters as as different from Cosmic Disco Detective Renee. Uh, you could say it's the ultimate, you know, indie art house experience, mm -hmm. but they're not the same kind of, you know, film. You're not going to sit there and uh, for six hours and say, oh, I just saw the same film three <laughs> times. Right. You're going to see three distinct visions of independent cinema, which is beautiful. Yeah, it'll great. It'll be a great event. Come out. Filmmakers and film fans, a great uh, event to come out to, meet filmmakers, 
the director and possibly the cinematographer of Versatile Fashion will be there also. And uh, Charles Fullman, uh, programmer at uh, SS, said he's going to try to join uh, and come to the event. And uh, so Ian will be there, plus some other friends uh, from Chicago Film World will be there. Uh, regardless of how many people show up, we will have a great time. And uh, it'll be good, especially if you're a filmmaker, come out, meet people, make the connections that you need. Definitely. Um, Raphael, any, any closing words before we kind of wrap up? No, just just how much I appreciate what you do, Ian, and, and just your commitment and, and your voice and, and just uh, how valuable it is and how meaningful it is to us. Um, you know, you're impacting not just the people that make the movies, the people that find the movies and, and your taste and your sensibility is just uh, I'm just so grateful for you being there. So thank you for all you do. Well, thank you for giving me great stuff to to talk about and, and to promote and share with people. Um, but yeah, again, I'm going to have links to all of this stuff down below. The the facets, ticket information, you know, the show times, uh, the link to the only in theaters uh, Blu-ray and or sorry, the DVD. It's not on Blu-ray. What's up with that? Why why not the high definition, Raphael? Uh, you know, that was above my pay grade in this case. So we we went with the, we went with the uh, with the DVD. So. And doesn't mean in the future they can't do a Blu-ray. There you go. No, just skip Blu-ray. Go straight to 4K. I want to see Greg Lemley in 4K. Greg and Phil. Quick question: Have you tried to get this movie nominated for an Oscar, or is it too late? We we did uh, we did our 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 uh, sort of swing at that ball again. You know the issue is um, Cost? you know just so hard because I don't have the the marketing budget of a of a Nacho or a you know a, or a Netflix. You know it really is. It's so competitive, and and I, a lot of people came. A lot of people saw it. You know, a lot of people got screeners, um, and we did we did our push. Um, I'm you know I'm very proud of the film and and what it spoke to, and I'm and I'm proud that Greg Lemley, uh, you know, thinks it's a good movie because uh, Greg Greg, uh, Greg is a, at times a man of few words and and is, um, you know, had no artistic control in this, but but ultimately, you know. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, said how much it meant to him and, and what a wonderful movie it is. That's just huge praise. So um, I'm I'm grateful for that. But I, you know, um, I I will continue to sort of push to have other the movie come up and pop up in other theaters and um, um, and and you know really look forward to being at Facets because it's such a great theater. But I I also you know there'll be other opportunities around the country. It's an Oscar quality movie. Come see it at Facets. There you go. All right. Again, links and all that good stuff will be down in the uh, description below. Uh, hope to see everybody there on Wednesday night. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for, for hanging out, for talking about this, this awesome Indie Discovery LA Chicago event that's coming up and also the, the insights into independent filmmaking and distribution. Uh, it's always a good time talking to you guys. Uh, everybody out there, if you, if you like this show, please make your plans to come see us on Wednesday. Also, like and subscribe and uh, support Sejiwa and also Raphael. Links to their stuff will also be... It's going to be a packed description Lots down below, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Lots of links. Links links to Palooza. Right. But uh, yeah, until next time, whenever that is, whatever that is, thanks very much for watching Kicking the Seat, and take care. Mm -hmm.